<laughs> we'll see you in court. <laughs> Thank you. Have a nice day. Oh, hi, Mark. It's delicious. <laughs> oh, my God. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Big Fat Cult movie podcast. My name is Chris Mayo, I'm a comedian, a writer, an actor, and a lover and appreciator of weird and wonderful films. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, then welcome, thank you very much for joining us, and if you're a regular, thank you very much for coming back. In this podcast, with the help of a special guest each episode, I look at a different cult film, from underground horror right the way through to critically acclaimed masterpieces. Me and my guest go away and watch the film separately, we take some notes and we come back to discuss it at length on the podcast. We break the film down into a number of different categories, those categories are sex and nudity, gore and violence, WTF moments, writing, acting and special effects. We also look at our favourite scenes, our favourite characters, talk a bit about cult film and film recommendations in general, And at the end of each episode, we set each other a five-question quiz to see who was paying more attention. It's a really fun podcast with some excellent guests talking about some brilliant and sometimes questionable films. So if that sounds like your kind of thing, then please do subscribe if you haven't done already. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud and various other platforms. If you have time to leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts, that would be really appreciated. And if you would like to follow us or get in contact on Twitter, you can do. We're at Big Fat Cult, and I'm Chris underscore Mayo, and all the information is available in the description below as well. As well as the podcast, I also run the Big Fat Cult movie store on eBay, and very excitingly, we're now on Amazon as well. So if you want to buy cult movie merchandise, badges, keyrings, posters, artwork, Blu-rays and loads more as well as novelty gifts and tech and all sorts of exciting things that ship all over the world then check out the links below it is the Big Fat Cult movie store on eBay and Amazon. In every episode we go into the films that we're watching in quite a lot of detail and that means that there will be spoilers so if you haven't seen this fantastic film then pause now go ahead and watch it and come back to listen to me and my guest discuss it in this episode. This week I am really excited to be joined by the brilliant Nathaniel Metcalf. Nathaniel is a fantastic comedian, he also co-hosts a podcast with Nick Helm on FUBAR Radio, there'll be a link to that in the description. And most importantly he is a huge huge film fan and had a lot to say about this film in this episode. It's a lot of fun and he was a fantastic guest. Right, that's enough intro, let's crack straight on with episode 10 of the Big Fat Cult Movie Podcast, talking about 1994's surreal comedy horror, Cemetery Man, aka De La Morte, De La More. I'm the watchman of the Buffalora Cemetery. My name's Francesco De La Morte. I don't know how the epidemic started. All I know is that some people, on the seventh night after their death, come back to life. With your consent, I'd like to marry Nagy. Not as long, dear, as I've got a breath in my body. We'll fix that right away. Stop killing the dead. If you don't want the dead coming back to life, why don't you just kill the living? Are you listening to me? Don't you believe me? tough hey nat welcome to the podcast thank you for joining me have you been watching a lot of films you know what i think i've watched 
fewer than I normally would. I normally watch loads. I think because I've had an enforced downtime, I yeah. would feel that unless I try and be more productive, I will hate myself at the end of it. So I think I've deliberately tried not to watch too much because I can get sucked into a hole just watching things. Yeah, I've gone with the old um, creative loophole make a podcast about watching films. <laughs> now I have to watch the films. <laughs> uh, but you watch a lot of films in general, right? Yeah, I do. I um, And all, all kinds. I like everything, I think. I've got no... I watch films just because I think they'll be interesting, knowing they won't be good. Do you have a favourite genre? I really like sort of old 60s and 70s British horror films, I think. Nice, yeah. A lot of that stuff's like comfort food. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'll watch stuff like that that I I know won't be good necessarily. Or or I will love it, but I know they're films that I kind of recommend to people. Yeah. I couldn't say, for hand on heart, this is a good film, you'll like it. <laughs> but I can also say, I think it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I think that covers most of the films that I'm <laughs> covering in this podcast. <laughs> what are your favourite cult films? Do you have a do you have like a go to I don't, the thing that immediately sprung to mind, which almost seems appropriate, would be something like Faster Pussycat Kill Kill or something okay. like that. Okay, I watched that for the first time recently, actually. Was it what you expected? Um, <laughs> I don't really know what I expected. Right. I expected something a bit more um, extreme, maybe, because yeah. it, it's like it's a, it's a classic, and I've heard the title, and j- just the title sounds like it's going to be, you know, a kill a minute, and it's going to be... But yeah, it was it was fun. But it wasn't quite the uh, the gore or the um, sex fest that I thought maybe it was going to no. be. No, I think that's partly one of the things I really like about it. I think yeah. it's not really what you initially expect to see. But I think it's something that pays off again and again on repeated viewings. I think it becomes a real... It, it's, it's a mood, I think, that film is, mm. that I think is really good. Yeah, I think a lot of these films, when I've gone back to watch them a second or third time in some cases... I've enjoyed them more because the initial shock viewing or the initial fun viewing is kind of out of the way and then I can yeah. actually work out if I actually like it and what makes it, you know, different to other films and what makes it fit within cult cinema. But um, was that 60s? That... Yeah, 60s, I, think yeah. It's six, I think it's 66, somewhere around there. Yeah, there's a lot of films around that period which um, like a lot of the cult films I watched, I couldn't really place them within a certain time period because... You know, like the 60s was actually quite shocking. Some of the stuff that's... I watched Blood Feast. Have you heard of Blood Feast? Oh, yeah, Herschel I know. I've not Gordon seen Lewis it. Film, yeah, never seen it. Which is supposedly one of the first slasher films because it's got, you know, people being cut up and dismembered and it's quite it's quite grim and gory. But then some of the more modern ones haven't been quite as, you know, out there and seem a bit more dated. So, yeah, it's interesting. And this was 1994, which it feels a lot older than that yeah it does i I (laughs) I think it's i think i will get onto the specifics in a bit but i think it's the dubbing in sort of the weird off dubbing italian horror genre in general feels quite dated so when this was i found out this was 94 and then i think released in america in 96 but it was um yeah it feels quite of its time but not (laughs) when it actually came out yes so the film we're talking about today is Cemetery Man, or let me get this, let me get it the right way around. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about Cemetery Man from 1994, or Della Morte, Della More. Had you heard of this film before I sent you the list? Yeah, and it's been a film that I have wanted to see 
for probably about 20 years. I oh, don't wow, remember okay. it coming out at all. Yeah. I don't know if it had much of a release in the UK at the time. Mm. And at the time, I would have been going to see films all the time, but it didn't ring any bells. I actually found that I'd bought it on DVD years ago. Oh, okay. And it must have been at a time that I've got an American DVD of it, and it must have just been at a time when I wasn't able to play it on something. So I never, I've never watched it. <laughs> just, just before we started, I thought, where is that? And as I turned around, I saw it on a shelf. So I can show you. I came to it, I think, because I used to work in a comic book shop for years and years. Okay. And Dylan Dog, as lots of mm. Italian people would always ask for, was a big Italian comic that was it was printed in the states probably in the late nineties. Okay. And it was something that, and then immediately fell out of print. Mm. But it was something that Italian customers had always come in asking for it because it's such a huge comic book there. Okay. And I remember finding out that oh, they did a film of it with. With Rupert Everett. And, yeah. and I really liked the comic. The comic was great. Okay. It always intrigued me hmm. from that point on. So it's been something, like there are many films, that I have been waiting to see for years and years and years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And never yeah. had the excuse, really. Yeah, until a podcast episode happened to <laughs> come along. Yeah. I'll give a little bit of info about the film. So, uh, yeah, it's released in 1994. It's a comedy horror directed by Michele, Michele So. So what? Michele Sawavi, who also directed uh, Stage Fright. Have you seen Stage Fright? No, I haven't seen Stage Fright. That is very good. It's uh, another Jallo-esque horror okay. about uh, a group of theatre students or theatre performers who are sort of trapped in a theatre and a serial killer starts picking them off. Of course. <laughs> uh, but with really sort of, you know, over-the-top music. And the serial killer is dressed in a giant owl costume. He's got a giant owl head on. I think I've seen something of this. Yeah, it rings a bell. It's, I've, uh, I've seen it's a really film good of fun. his called The Church, I've seen. Okay, yeah. I think it was produced by Dario Argento. And I think he's got something to do with it. Is he like an assistant of or something? I yeah, so he, um, so Michele Sawabi, um, there, there's going to be, there's going to be pronounce, pronunciation issues throughout this. Yeah, so he has worked with uh, Dario Argento on a number of films as assistant, as uh, in various guises. It's like an adaptation of like a M.R. James story, but it's very loose and it's, um, and I'll probably refer to that later as I refer to this. This was... <laughs> I was, I was pleasantly surprised, I'll say, but carry okay. on. <laughs> well, usually I read out the synopsis, and the only the only synopsis that IMDb uh, has given is, a cemetery man must kill the dead a second time when they become zombies. And that is the <laughs> entire plot of the film, apparently. Stars Rupert Everett, which was a bit of surprise casting for me, if I'm honest. I believe that the character in the comics, Dylan Dog, is based on him, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't really know Rupert Everett from much other than he's sort of this quintessential British actor who pops up in things and is very charming and very distinctively recognisable, but I hadn't actually seen him in much. So when he popped up in this, I was like, oh, okay. Considering it's an Italian film and it's dubbed into, or some of it's dubbed into English, and it's an interesting mix, but it works, weirdly. What were your initial thoughts, having watched it for the first time? I was... I, I want to say pleasantly surprised, and mm-hmm. I think when I when I initially, obviously ten years ago, I bought the DVD assuming I'd liked it. Hmm. I think in the intervening time, I'd started to imagine it's probably not very good, and okay. I would say the church wasn't very good. Okay, so so it hadn't really endeared me to Michele Suave, Suvari. 
so what so avi so avi yeah. sorry <laughs> this might happen this might happen yeah. a lot <laughs> I, I might call him mckelly because he's you know yeah i feel like we're friends now um <laughs> i think on uh, imdb for stage fright he's listed as michael Sawavi. so <laughs> that feels a bit Mickey. too brexit for <laughs> yeah. me i don't know if i want to go the full hog mike, let's go michael mike s mike, s. mike. <laughs> um, <laughs> mickey yeah I, I, yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised. I think, I'd sort of heard, I think over the years I'd heard it mentioned and I'd heard it was liked. Hmm. And, and I really liked it. I enjoyed it even more the second time round. It's kind of got a bit of everything, really. It's not, it's like, it's, it's the archetypal Italian horror zombies with comedy and sex and lots of gore and good yeah. music and sort of, but is quite playful and, um, doesn't stick to the usual form as well yeah i watch a lot i realized uh, i i do watch a lot of italian movies hmm. i like a lot of spaghetti westerns and especially kind of b movies and jallos and things i, I realize i do watch it a lot more than i think i do hmm. and i think one of the things i would say about it which really works in its favor for me is that often a thing that often doesn't translate and is sometimes cut out of british or american versions yeah of these films is the humor hmm. and often it is something which is a bit of a it's a it's a bit of a leap to yes. go i don't really find it funny and it often a lot of these films will star people that you go this guy's weird and you realize <laughs> yeah. oh he's a comedian in in italy and they're often yeah. quite very physical and the humor doesn't really translate as well except in this i thought it really did i thought it was really genuinely yeah. funny yeah 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 there didn't seem to be a difference in a cultural difference enough that I wouldn't find it funny. Hmm. All the humour seemed to hit home, I think. But I think it was perhaps more extreme than would be tasteful yeah, yeah. in more mainstream kind of US or British movies. Yeah, well, I think that, that's that's why it feels a bit more dated as well, because there's a lot yes. of stuff where you're like, oh, that's a bit, that's a little bit iffy or that's a little yeah. bit an unusual character choice. So, um that, yeah, that dates it by a good like, extra 10 years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and just the style of the the cinematography and the, the gore and everything, it feels quite dated, but in like a, almost like it's a pastiche of that kind of Yeah, and film. I wonder if it was. I wonder if it's like, it's in the 90s, but I wonder if there was an element of it where he was trying to make a more sort of 70s era movie or something, mm. or yeah. which is harder to tell when you, you're then watching it with 25 years difference. Yeah. From the director's commentary, he did say that he wanted it to be kind of not a typical horror film and he wanted it to be sort of the anti-horror film when it embraces death and it embraces gore and it embraces those kind of things that usually horror is makes you afraid of. So it's not scary, it's more kind of fantastical and over the top and yeah, quite funny and quite strange. But um, yeah, it's quite hard to pinpoint what genre it is really. Yeah. Quite a lot of different things. Yes. I laughed a lot. I gasped. I uh, thought bits were really gross and unexpected. Some really brutal bits in there, and then some very funny bits. It's it's kind of more that it's a tone, isn't it? It's it's mm. not so much like it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a horror movie. No, it's sort of a comedy. It's funny, but it's more like it's strange, and it sort of picks its own. It sort of seems to exist in its own genre a bit. It's a bit. It's not. Mm. Yeah, it's not quite. It deals with like horror tropes and horror cliches, yeah. and but it's not it's not really trying to scare you. No, there's a couple of gory bits which are quite unpleasant, but yeah, I think of 
when you're saying earlier about showing these kind of films to certain people, I think I think a general audience could probably enjoy this. Like, I think it's maybe yeah. slightly on the more obscure end of, you know, com- comedy horror films. But I think it's, on the whole, it's quite, there's a lot to enjoy, yeah, whatever yeah. your tastes are, I think. So for each uh, film, I'll be going through and uh, talking about a number of categories and then rating each of those categories. The categories, as always, are sex and nudity, acting, gore and violence, WTF moments, writing, special effects, and then giving our overall rating, favourite scene, favourite characters, uh, and then quizzing to see how much we noticed and were paying attention when we watched it. (laughs) Um, Did you just watch this uh, the once through when you were taking your notes, or did you... I've just watched it once, and then afterwards I, I sort of got my pad out and I was trying yeah. to think about things that I would have remembered from it that in order to come up with a quiz but yeah I've only <laughs> seen it the once I've only seen it the once so okay let's start with sex and nudity then that seems like a good place to start with this film uh what were your <laughs> what were your initial thoughts on the sex and nudity in uh, in cemetery man I would say weirdly there probably wasn't as much of it as I was expecting mm. even yeah. though I know that the the british dvd release is virtually the cover is basically one of the or one of the two sex scenes in the film yeah 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 and it's um, it's actually pretty um uh it's pretty chaste in terms of what i was expecting from the with it with i think that i think that's i might be misremembering this but you can correct me if i'm mm. wrong i think the shameless release has like uncut across the woman's breasts isn't it Uh, is that right so you can't see on the no, it's got full full boob. Oh wow, that's even more. So that would the cover would would suggest that there is a lot more sex and nudity sex than fest. you might get yeah. that you might actually uh, be expecting. Yeah, there's. Uh, I mean that. I mean it kind of s- starts fairly, or almost the first shot is um, a topless Rupert Everett. Is he in the yes. shower at the beginning? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 After that pullback through the skull shot, which is sort of like instantly this film's about death. And then <laughs> um, soapy Rupert Everett. There is a fair amount of sex, but it's quite, it's almost sort of, it is a bit sort of British sex comedy nudity. Yeah. And I it's quite playful and it's not extreme. It is quite playful. And I think the the sex scene, which is the one which is featured on the cover. Yeah. It feels very... Now, I think with 25 years distance, mm. it feels quite stylish and stylized. Yeah. And I wondered at the time, but what it reminded me of most was the sex in it is almost like it doesn't look like sex. It's very... No, it's almost it's choreographed. Very almost, yeah, choreographed. Yeah. And, but also in that way that I would associate with... Um, Channel 5 films in the 90s and sort of <laughs> yeah. very sort of soft core. There'll be a certain age of uh, yeah. man or woman in uh, in the UK that will fondly remember the 11pm Channel 5 <laughs> erotic thrillers. Yeah. But it feels much more like <laughs> that, where it feels very sort of soft focus Red Shoe Diaries more than it yeah. feels like... It, it's not trying... It doesn't feel like it's trying to be real, except part of me wondered was, is that was that just the way that you would sort of see sex in films in films in from about 1993 mid 90s yeah. era that yeah. maybe that was just the sort of style i don't know it's almost like there's it, a... it does feel like a deliberate choice because it's not it's like uh aesthetically well sort of put together like it you know mm. looks like a it's a nice scene <laughs> yeah but it's not sort of extreme and it's not it doesn't feel grimy no it's quite funny because they're in a, a graveyard yeah 
on the grave of a, a, a late husband <laughs> yeah. who had died, must have died days before, presumably. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of moral questions in this film. Yeah, that's quite funny because you know what, where, and why that's happening, and because Rupert Everett is this sort of charming, slippery British gentleman, it's quite, it's quite funny as well. So yeah, that's that's kind of one of the set sex set pieces, I guess. There's some bits with you know the Nagi, the kind of uh, Igor character, gets it on with the decapitated <laughs> zombie yeah. zombie bride's head of. We think a child. It's not really specified. No. <laughs> no. We'll come onto that in a separate category, maybe. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I wrote down that it's kind of it, sex and and love is kind of one of the key plot yeah. subject points of the whole film. Really, yeah. it kind of all rides on that. Well, I guess it's the the title "De la Mort, De la Mort, is I guess love and death, right? Like the Woody Allen yes. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah. quite different. If you're a Woody Allen fan, it's probably not what you're expecting. It's not a similar, it's not a remake. No, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's there's lots of kind of erotic imagery. There's lots of casual nudity. There's lots mm. like, it seems to just sort of happen. It's kind of, I feel like it's, it wants to be quite sexy. Yeah. But not in a, not in a sort of grimy way at all. No. It's just got a general, it's almost like pop video sex. It's that sort of yeah, Madonna yeah, video yeah. kind yeah. of. It's it's suggesting a sort of sexiness to it. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a particularly erotic film in the no. way that that word would mean, unless maybe actually maybe I'm judging it by um, people of a different era. Mm. But if you were, I was going to say, if you're 13, I think you'd probably love it. But now I think, well, actually, probably if you're 13 in 2020, it's a whole other ballgame. Yes, yeah, there's there's, there's better stuff. <laughs> <laughs> If you were 13 in, in 1993, you'd probably get a lot out of it. Um. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, and it's the fact that it's got all the gore and everything on top of that. It's, um, it's a good teenage film. But yeah, I put that it was mostly tasteful uh, or funny. Like the, it mm. kind of seems to go between the two. There's that scene where she, come, where she comes back to life and she's naked and she just sort of like is being, being sexy behind a cloth while he's looking on <laughs> concerned. We see Rupert Everett's ass at one point. When yes, he yes. Talks about his penis in the doctor's office. That's right, we do. There's another sex scene later on. Well, we see the sort of aftermath of it, don't we? Or is that when she says to wash his penis, or is that something? That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you should wash. Oh no, I didn't mean that. Didn't mean what. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, but it's sort of, sort of like, yeah, is that sort of carry on? But then it doesn't go too far that you feel a bit, you know, that you feel no, no, grimy about it. And I mean, it's the kind of thing where they probably could have got away with showing less nudity if they mm. really wanted to. Yeah. But I feel that they did want to. Yeah, and I, I feel it. <laughs> I feel it. Um, I feel it work. I feel it like has a, a place in the film, and it works yeah, within I do. the setting I think it's and part the style. Of, yeah, and I think it, yeah, I think the style is very much that. You feel that nudity is coming in this film at some point. Yeah. You'd be surprised if there was none. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so there's so many films of like the, I don't know, 2000s where, you know, people just have sex because they're two people and they can have sex and they're in a yeah. they're in a house or they're in a cabin or whatever. Yeah, this feels like it has an integral, well, the whole thing is about his failed life, really, in, in all respects. But I thought it was handled well and I thought it was, uh, it looked good and some bits were funny and some bits were sexy and some bits were ridiculous, like naked zombie people and you know all that kind of stuff so yeah i thought overall it was 
It's pretty decent. It was good. I mean, it's almost hard to judge it in terms of score as, as what are we what are we hoping for? Like, it's a high score. It's a high <laughs> score. So essentially, every episode, this is the one. This is the one that gets everyone because they don't they don't want to out themselves as being like, well, five out of five, it was great. And then I mean, like, no, no, what what did it you know contribute to the uh, artistic I think, value? I, I think d- in terms of yeah, it feels like it absolutely achieved what it was trying to achieve in its own yeah film yeah. In which case, it's almost like by that degree, you'd go. Well, I guess that's like a five. It doesn't feel like. Yeah, yeah. I went. I went four out of five because I thought it was. It was dealt with well. It was. It wasn't mm. excessive. It wasn't distasteful. It was the right amount of what it did. If it wasn't there, you probably wouldn't miss it. But I think it being in the film, it works. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I went. I went four. I'll probably go four as well. I think there's probably odd shots where you might go. You could deem it gratuitous, but yeah. I think it's all part of that. I think it kind of is what it is. It's, it, it feels like it would have felt weird without it. Also, the fact that it's not really, it doesn't feel like it's in a real world as well. Like it's quite oh yeah, fantastical yeah, much, yeah. and it's quite the morality of the film doesn't really sit with what would be expected in this, in our world, you know. Mm. But yeah, well, okay, cool. That's sex and nudity. Let's move on to acting, which again, is quite a difficult one to judge because it's quite there's a lot of archetypal stock comedy horror characters yeah there's a lot of narration which i wasn't expecting which i think actually worked i usually i'm not a fan of narration in films but i think with this it kind of gave you a bit more detail into the character and the i think rupert everett's good having not seen him in much stuff i think rupert everett in this is absolutely brilliant yeah i thought i think he's an absolute revelation in this (laughs) i thought i thought he was terrific yeah. And I thought everything about it, I thought his performance was great. I thought it was so funny. Mm. I think he plays, the timing of his gags are perfect. Yeah, agreed. And I think he looks great. Yeah. And it feels like he's almost like in a in another world, he would have been a massive star and should have been. Yeah, apparently he was like, you know, by all accounts, he was underpaid for this film. And he, you know, he turned down other work to do it because he, he really believed in the you know, the script and the, the film and said he had a really a really good time doing it. I think it comes across. I think it's partly that era where I think he's someone who's like, he's an out gay man. And you mm. think, I think in the UK and US, he would never really get to play a part like that because no. they would cast yeah, someone else. That's a good point. Yeah. And it would almost be too, that you'd almost never have a gay man playing a straight part. Mm. Want of a better word, yeah. And there's absolutely no reason why you wouldn't do that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it feels that now I'd like to think if if he arrived on the scene now that you'd mm. probably, hopefully, have a much better career. Whereas yeah. I feel like his his thing it was I, I think what is it another country or one of those things is a thing that you'd sort of associate him with coming out sort of Merchant Ivory. But then it's almost that he, for an actor, it's almost that. I think in the US, it would almost be he's pigeonholed into almost playing, especially in Hollywood, he's almost pigeonholed into playing kind of gay parts. Yeah, particularly in the, you know, 80s, 90s. Yeah. Whereas I think he's such a great leading man. He's got such a good sort of comic timing. Mm. And and he just he's just someone that looks great. He looks kind of cool. He's got a really good shape to him. Yeah. So he's got that thing where you can see that, like you like saying before, that he's he was based on... The, the character Dylan Dog, the yeah. comics that the film was based on, was based on him. And he yeah. actually, look, he's got this sort of shape. So he's got this sort of 
torso that goes into quite a thin waist and he has this yeah. like he does look sort of like a superhero he's got this like very chiseled and, and yeah. yeah 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 he's good looking but he can really pull off things like a really good sense of humor can really play gags really well in that way that someone like Harrison Ford does mm. yeah, he's got yeah, a real quite sense un- of understated, himself quite yeah. underplayed he's not playing it for laughs he's you know it's very deadpan british comedy timing and jokes yeah and- he doesn't play it for laughs in the film, so he's not making fun of the film. No. He plays the film dead, deadly serious, except yep. he's making the jokes feel very deliberate that he's putting out there and their sort yep. of comic timing. So in the world of the film, he's not making fun of it or looking at the camera. He's playing it straight, except that it's he knows it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It's that. Yeah. I guess for him, yeah, this would have been almost like slumming it a bit. Hmm. Certainly, even from the sort of sixties and seventies onwards, Italian movies would always have like an American or sometimes British star that yeah. they would kind of import anyway. Yeah, and and again, I guess because he was the inspiration for the look of yeah, Dylan it's like Dog, perfect. he's perfect, perfect absolutely casting, perfect yeah. casting. Yeah, and yeah, and completely pulls it off. And I, I sort of, I think it really would have suffered. I can't think of anyone that could have done it better. I think he, I think he no, was brilliant. It kind of reminded me a bit of like a deadpan Bruce Campbell from exactly, yeah, uh, from Evil Dead. That that kind of you know interesting chiselled look, um, very powerful on the screen. But um, um, the Evil know, Dead trilogy is probably the closest thing in tone to people listening that I could think of to compare this film to. Yeah, Bruce Campbell is a very good comparison because Bruce Campbell's almost. He's so the chiselled leading man, but he's also almost making fun of that archetype within there. Yeah. And it, it, and and when he's tried to, when people have tried to cast him as, well, why can't this guy just be a leading man? It almost yeah. feels that he's slightly undermining it all yes. the time. So it doesn't quite, it doesn't quite work. And he's got Rupert Everett's got something similar in this, but it does. It just made me think. Like I, I think this is the, in a way, the performance that. Rupert Everett should be remembered for yeah. by coming on and just being like, "This is great." What a what it it would feel like if this was an early film for him. It would feel so star making mm. to me. It, it, he feels like an absolute movie star. Yeah, I mean, I don't know um, if this does have you know a big fan base. Like, I, don't, I mean, I know from what I've read, people that have seen it absolutely love it. But I don't know, you know, in in the realms of cult film or just cinema in general if this has a big you know universal fan base or appeal but um it's i think it's a really good example of a of a cult film like it's yeah but yeah no i thought uh he was he was very good and then you have like almost everyone else is a sort of horror trope character like you've got yeah. the you've got the inept police chief you've got i the... thought he was great i didn't, yeah. I didn't make a note of his name and again, was really good at, like I say, there is often this sort of disparity, I think, in, like, culturally, I think, when watching Italian movies, where I sometimes think the the humour feels slightly at odds with what I'm used to. Yes. And again, the police chief was someone else who I thought really nailed all the kind of gags and things. And yeah, I thought for, was, such a, um, for such a small part and, you yeah. know, some throwaway, throwaway lines. Yeah. <laughs> There's every chance that were I to watch bits of this film out of context yeah i would be going the acting in this film is atrocious <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's almost like it's 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 acting proof i think this film i think yeah. it's some of the performances are probably like yeah i would say are quite bad 
mm. except it totally works. Like mm. that's the the context it's almost expected to. Yeah, and it almost adds to how funny it is, or adds to the and and I think there's a disparate again that I think Rupert Everett holds this film together so much that him acting against someone who perhaps isn't really delivering the goods only adds to how good he is. Yeah, and and therefore they are that he's almost acting to how. Yeah. Good zombie acting, of course. The uh, <laughs> the zombies yeah. are all pulling their weight. The guy playing uh, Nagi, the uh, Igor character, he's really good, but so uncomfortable <laughs> to watch. Yes, like he's yes. he's definitely nailing his part. He's very funny and creepy, and he sort of wins your sympathy in places. Yes, but yeah. then he's obviously got you know some deep rooted issues and uh, other moral stuff. I mean. Essentially, he's a paedophile, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's sort of it's it's vague enough that you can go, is he? Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's certainly there seems to be enough stuff to they seem to make a point of mentioning how young, even though they don't specify how young the 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 head is of the girl. He uh, yeah, the daughter of the mayor. Yeah, except they do just keep saying she's young. Go, yeah, there's one bit, there one bit where he says she's a child mm. and then he sort of makes a noise because he only makes noises throughout this film and mm. there's one line at the end. And I guess the implication is that he's, you know, got some learning difficulty or that he's not grown he up. Is himself, in a he is himself troubled or struggling. A child in his, his, yeah. own, uh, his own, which is also one of those things which hasn't dated well. No. But I think, I, yeah. and I think partly that's the joke or meant to be the joke, right? That he's not yeah. really an adult. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit that that that's the only kind of bit that took me out of it a little bit because I was trying to work mm. out what the justification was for his backstory and it wasn't really <laughs> explored, so they couldn't quite. And they were sort of making you laugh at their daughter's stuff yeah. with the um, you know him throwing up on her because he fancies her. And interestingly, in the uh, <laughs> in the commentary, they actually mentioned South Park as a as a reference. Um, not as a reference, but they say that uh, oh, of course, there's many comedy characters where uh, like even in South Park, there's a there's a a boy who throws up on on the um, <laughs> girls that he fancies, and um, I just thought, wow, I, n- I never thought um, South Park would make its way into an Italian Blu-ray commentary. <laughs> but um, I think that's a justification. I think it's aged poorly, but I yeah. think in my head, that's the that was where you're kind of meant to go with it in your head. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. That he's essentially a child in an adult's body. I yes, think. yes, yes. And the, the fact that we we don't really know why he lives with Francesco, which is no. Rupert Everett's character. <laughs> we don't know really what their relationship is other than he's sort of like a father figure to him. He works at the cemetery, doesn't he? As a mm. grave digger who gets given sort of <laughs> sweets and chocolate if he does a good job. And he walks around with a, a very sharp shovel, which you yeah. assume is to remove the heads from zombies. Or yes, yes. It's certainly the implication that that's what he's... They're partners in zombie killing. And... Yeah. There's a lot of questions about Nagi's character. And then Anna, Anna Fulci, or Anna Folki, who plays the lady, I think she's listed as on IMDb, where she plays sort of, is it three? Three yeah. characters? Which took me a while, actually, to figure out what was going on there. I'm not sure I did figure it out, other than I, I assume she's almost like this representative. Yeah. She's almost like all women yes. to Francesco, right? Yeah. Yeah, she her character is just called she. Right. Um, okay. So uh, she play she plays yeah three or four kind of key women three I think in the film. And it's a strange idea that it's like she's the only woman that he could possibly be in love with. Yeah. 
Except she's also, even within the, the context of the film, which probably takes place over a couple of weeks, Yeah, he probably he meets three women who all look the same that he's all in love with. He's all in. He's all in. Yeah. <laughs> but she's very good because in, initially she comes across as very wooden and very stilted, and but you sort of forget you're watching the same person when the different characters come up. She is very leading lady in an Italian horror film yes, performance. Yes, she does. She She kind of has, yeah, and she's... Her look is very Italian. She reminded mm. me of Ornella Mutti, who's in Flash Gordon. Do you know oh, okay. who's the, her look is very so to the point where they almost look like they could be related. So I think she's it's a very it's a look I think that she's got that feels mm. almost very Italian or feels yes. like very glamorous, very sort of neutral. Yes, yeah, yeah. Quite intense, quite intense features mm. with everything else, but every, everyone else being quite animated and quite yeah, over the top. Yeah. Sort of those two being. Rupert Everett and uh, Anna Fulci being um, quite deadpan and kind of makes sense with everything else that's going on. Yeah. And I thought the old lady was very funny, <laughs> who just sort of <laughs> pops up every now and then and has a little cameo and um, makes a little comment. Yeah, her character isn't really explained, but um, I thought she was quite funny. Um, yeah, I thought, I don't really think within this film there's a weak link, really. No. And if there is, it's all totally makes sense. It's, yeah. It's, there's the girl who, again, if you haven't seen it, this is a great description of thing that happened <laughs> in the film. But the girl who is in love with the sort of zombie biker uh, teenager. Do you mean the daughter of the mayor, or do you mean the one no, who no, sort of launches the, the herself who, onto the who launches herself? Yeah, yeah like the... I would say, in any other film, <laughs> yeah, you would go, she's a terrible actress. Yeah, no, but no, in this film, take, I take think... me with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I would say in this, it absolutely works. Yeah. It's almost like it's so big. Like the idea of anyone trying to do a subtle performance in this film is, yeah. is would be wrong. Yeah, <laughs> be, yeah. You've done it wrong. And I think it makes it it's a completely acting proof. I think everyone is great. I love mm. that. I thought, uh, and even that people that I think often suffer, I think supporting characters, in fact, in Italy, you often get very good supporting characters, but there is often weak links within, yeah, I'd say. Totally. And, I, yeah. and I, don't, I didn't have that here. I really liked people I thought might not do very well or might not do well acting opposite Rupert Everett seemed to do very well. There was yeah. lots of really funny kind of cameos and yeah, the police chief especially <laughs> and Rupert Everett. I thought were, and, and kind of, they worked very well together and it's, it felt like when they, when they did do a gag, it, all the gags landed. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, a lot of the jokes or punchlines, they just didn't see coming. They just sort of appeared out of, you know, they're quite throwaway lines and they're quite unexpected. So, yeah, there were moments where I just laughed out loud, fully not expecting yeah. what was what was going to happen. Yeah, I've gone 3.5 out of 5, I think, as I usually do. <laughs> well, bumped my score up to 4 because I think, yeah, because I think there's there's not really... You can't be amazing in this film because of the parameters of the film. Like you can't, like I think Rupert Everett is great, but I don't. But no one is gonna, you know, kind of deliver a towering. Um... I think I'd go a five. Wow! I okay. Loved, I loved. I loved Rupert Everett. I thought it was an absolute revelation. Yeah. I thought he was so good in it. Plus, like I say, it was hard to. You know, if if you assume everything's perfect until it stops being so, and you take mm. points away, yeah. then it's for me it's like a five because it's like I could be really picky and say I think technically that's not good acting, but I yeah. just think like in the context of it, mm. I loved it. Okay, no, first first five of the film, very good, very good. 
I'm going to stick at my four. <laughs> I'm going to be the, no, the, the slightly bad cop who knocks it down one point. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on to gore and violence then, of which there is plenty. There is plenty. But in a weird way, it's not... It is the perfect film for a 13-year-old. Yeah. There's nothing in it which is really disturbing. The closest you get to it is, again, that very Italian zombie neck-tearing, biting, yes. and... And maybe I've just seen too many of those films that yeah. are no longer <laughs> uh, disgusted by it. By it. Yeah. And there's lots of sort of zombie bites in arms that yeah. are, are nasty, I guess. But it feels almost... I think if you were 12 or 13, you'd get a lot out of this. And it wouldn't... I don't think any of it would stay with you or disturb you in that way. Tell you what, you say that. The only bit that properly shocked me was the was the bus crash. Um, go, <laughs> going over the girl's head and just squashing it like a grapefruit. That was the only bit where I was so caught up in the style of the film and then saw that she gets hit by the bus and there's a blood spray and I was like, oh, okay, that's that's gross. And then her full head just gets completely crushed and then they go flying off a cliff. This is the kind of thing that makes me think I'd fail the psychopath test. But I think that was, I think for me, that was one of the bigger laughs. Um, <laughs> I was. Uh, I well, you know, we've all got our, we've all got our, <laughs> our, our angles on things. <laughs> I was that scene in particular. I I, I found really funny because I really liked how much it escalated. <laughs> yeah, it was like the beginning of Casualty. Yeah, when yeah. you just get <laughs> it was just that. Yeah. Okay, Chain this of is events. what's going. Okay, I see where it's almost yeah. like no, no, everyone has to die. Yeah. You know, no one's getting out of this. Yeah, well, there's a <laughs> so there's a biker gang that seems their only purpose seems to to be to be sort of pricks basically, and yeah. then get killed off entirely, <laughs> and then the bu- bus of scouts. Yeah, no, it's, that, it's, that. it's the idea that it's scouts as well, yeah. as if it's which just adds to again, it's so hard to. At no point could you think this film takes itself seriously, no. just by how much it's kind of. It, it, it might as well have been dogs. Yeah, you know, yeah, a bus of dogs or old people. It's like yeah, a bus of scouts. But then there's that there's that shot of the horse just looking bemused, <laughs> like in between all this carnage that's gone on. There's just a horse that looks to camera like oh, another day in the countryside. But yeah, yeah, that I, well, I, I kind of laugh shocked, but I definitely yeah. wasn't expecting a full bus to drive overhead, no. and then then the bus go flying off the cliff. So that was unexpected <laughs> and gory. The rest of it is sort of it's Shaun of the Dead style. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so to see the extremity of just the, the type of people. That, yeah, and yeah, it's just, yeah. I don't know. It, made, it really made me laugh. Yeah, I just said that there was a lot, a lot of it. There's a lot of loads of zombies being shot in the head, mm. and the scene in the hospital with uh, where he just starts shooting people, and then he goes on a, he goes on a rampage and starts shooting people as well. Quite inventive zombie deaths, I thought. Like they die in lots of interesting ways like at the beginning he gets the crucifix through the through the head yes yeah yeah. it's quite gory but it's also quite vivid as well like quite nice well shot gore something i'm not sure i picked up the significance of is the is the carving the cross into the bullets meant to be like a religious iconography cross or is that for some other reason i wasn't sure it's that is that part of it that you have to shoot them with well i know because like silver bullets are for werewolves aren't they yeah, I can't remember what other film I saw recently. That's actually, it, exactly. They... I so so have I. I associate it with something. And yeah. I went, oh, maybe this is a bit of you know sort of horror lore that I, yeah, I've not yeah. quite picked up on before. That 
with zombies. Because, I mean, with zombies, it feels like you just remove the head or <laughs> yeah, yeah, smash yeah. your brain in. But this is like, they seem to be, you know, there, there seems to be a couple of shots where you deliberately see him carving yeah, 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 across right. into yeah. the bullets that make me think. And actually, as a even as a little piece of, a little quirk of the film, I yeah. think is quite nice. Yeah, well, it does all. It does all revolve around religion and the cemetery and the crucifixes and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, maybe it's a a religious symbol and that's supposed to. But yeah, I don't know. It's nice anyway. It's a nice yeah. little visual. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I thought uh, I thought the the gore and violence was really good, well handled. It was funny. It was there was lots of it. I think it all looked good, and mm. it all and there wasn't really any of it. There's a shot maybe of the one of the disembodied headshots of mm. the the mayor's daughter. Yeah, you occasionally and you see it, and I I don't think you're maybe meant to take as much uh, notice of it as I did. Where it yeah. is like that does look very dummyish at this point. Yeah, one of the scouts as well has clearly been replaced. Like you know, one frame too long with a, with a yeah. with a dummy that's slightly sinking in the face. But yeah, and apart from that, the special effects are like very well handled and nothing looks silly or took me out of the film at all yeah Um, but i would weirdly say that even though the gore is in it it's present and it's well handled Mm. if that's what we're judging it on i would say yeah really high score yeah but i'd almost feel that if you're coming into this film as like a gore fan yeah you might be a bit disappointed i keep going back to it but it almost feels like this film almost feels like a bit of a primer if you're trying to get into this stuff as a as a youngster this would be a good, yeah. a good like you can Ga- watch for this gateway one, drug, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. think similarly with the gore, I don't think there's anything in it that would really disturb or or nothing too over the top. I mean, the whole film's over the top, but yeah, 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 nothing, yeah, horrific. Hmm. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun gore. I went four point five out of five. I thought it was inventive, and I thought it was paced well. I didn't think it was too excessive, and it was just just the right amount of yeah. interesting and yeah I mean the film surprised me in general and, and there were quite a few moments of gore like the bus crash and bits and bobs where I didn't see it coming and um, I thought it was it was done very well I might go three just because just because of that really that it's yeah. not it's not super gore if you were a gore fan and you know, that's what yeah. you came to it for yeah. I don't think you would go away going oh well, I got I got my fill I, I think you would have yeah, yeah, it yeah. would have entertained you but you wouldn't have too much, uh, too much story. Too much, yeah. Yeah, too much exactly. other stuff going on. To yeah. yeah, if you just want to see people's heads blowing up, then it's not. Yeah, not for you. But yeah, no, that's that's a fair, that's a fair criticism. Okay, so let's move on to WTF moments then, which is tr- tricky for this film because none of it's really based in reality. I would say no. So there's nothing where you go, what, what is that? Why is that there? Um, I, it, there's nothing that says why is that there. But the bit I think that was like, wow, this is taking a turn, <laughs> was the um, the whole I now have to remove my penis. Um, yes, yes, I and have the written. Whole, that I've written. whole little storyline, <laughs> yeah. yeah, is entirely one thing after another. Like, yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. wow, <laughs> we're going here now, are we? Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> yes, I wrote down penis operation scene as. Because it's almost like a Frankenstein kind of thing. Where there's the lightning in the background. There's the crazy doctor. There's the no, I don't want an anaesthetic. Well, and then he kind of says he's injecting him with something that'll. I I can't remember what it's for. Tempor- but it's almost like temporarily will. Although he doesn't seem to. It's there's a lot of that, which is I think it's it's a bit of plot, isn't it? They just need yeah. something to happen. But there's a. Oh, yeah, I liked that scene, but I just didn't. 
didn't really feel it. It didn't need to be there. It was a kind of like what? Well, yeah. But again, it's fun and it's a joke. It's, yeah. Uh, but it kind of to the point where the joke kind of ends with the sort of punchline to the joke is a bit like, wow, this hasn't ended well. <laughs> yeah. They, um, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The mayor's new secretary. You go, oh wow, that's uh, it's a, it's a punchline which has aged poorly. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. A couple of couple of dodgy moments. I, I mean, I put the whole uh, Nagi mm. drooling and puking over a, over a uh, underage girl. Sure. Bit <laughs> as as being what what you know, which I think and hopefully anyone would go what. <laughs> I think that sort of shocked me to the point where I think I tried to justify it. it's like I've mis I've misunderstood yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was so so much effort to go to the point of saying, oh, I think he's got a child's mind or something. You go. Okay, well, I'll I'll allow it, but it's a it seems dodgy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But equally, I think it I think it's playful enough that it's it's trying to make you think that too. It's almost like it's bad taste, isn't it? The way to think about it is almost that it's quite a bad taste movie in that regard. Yeah, it wants you to be shocked. It knows it is. It knows it's in bad taste. Yeah, yeah and it's yeah, sort yeah. of slightly willing willing the audience to. To kind of come along with it, and I guess like like a John Waters film or something, it's got that sort of yeah. We know we know this is bad taste. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, know yeah. you shouldn't be laughing at this, but this yeah. is the this is the joke. The hospital shootout scene as well. There's no real justification for why he does that. He just shoots a nun and then shoots a nurse, and then there's that weird moment where sort of the camera goes above the hospital scene and it's almost like it's just done on a sound stage and you just see yes, the yeah. sort of black void and then the, the hospital from above, which is, there's a lot of, actually the cinematography is really interesting and mm. really inventive and some really cool different shots, which I think, again, make this film. I think it looks really nice. It really looks kind of, it's all very stylized and stylish. Yeah. And it all, you know, it really pays off. And there's some really nice, yeah, like visuals in it mm. all the way through. It's 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 uh yeah. I mean, it's a low budget film, but it almost it doesn't feel like it so much. There's lots of nice stuff. It feels like they've gone to a great effort to make it look good. Yeah. Well, apparently, apparently they had a four million dollar budget, which is okay. You know, not super super low budget, but no, you know, some no. somewhere in the middle yeah. in the middle. But I think they yeah. they had to self produce because they just wanted to get it made and they put their own money into the film basically. But it's all on the screen. You know, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. kind of it really shows off well. Yeah. And I guess that's the other thing about it. It doesn't necessarily feel like you don't it doesn't have that negative side of watching a lot of kind of low budget films. It mm. feels like it's it's good. There doesn't have any of those negative. Yeah, if if they had of, another ten million dollars, I don't think they would have changed the film that they were making, no. really. They may have just CGI'd out the strings <laughs> on uh, the. I mean, that's a WTF. The worst one, which you may not have seen in the first viewing, is in the when the when Nyagi is obsessing over the the mayor's daughter, and he pukes on her, and the camera pulls back very suddenly. You can see the cameraman's feet sat on a chair. <laughs> you can see him like he's sat like his full feet. Uh, on like a trolley in the which has just been pulled backwards and the camera pans down and he's for about a second you just see the cameraman's feet <laughs> i was like i didn't see that the first time because i was so you know focusing yeah. on what was going on but i was like well, they've made such a like detailed film and then they just didn't notice that shot and then the firefly things flying around on um you know the kind of weird fire balls that you can see the strings um 
probably not helped by the Blu-ray release where you can definitely see every little detail. But it gives it a bit of charm as well. In the director's commentary, they were just like, yeah, we knew, we know the strings were there, but um, we didn't we didn't care. <laughs> and I guess most people only ever see films once, don't they? Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's probably unlikely to, you know, I'd that's, that's watch not this the, again. Yeah, that's not the thing you're looking for, but now you know it's there. Go back and look out for the, the cameraman's feet. <laughs> I have gone 3.5 for WTF moments because I thought there were there were a few gasps and there were a few unexpected bits, but it wasn't anything extreme. No, no. Yeah, I think, yeah, similar. I'd, I'd probably just do a three again because it's a bit like, it wasn't, I, I think I was expecting more that there would be another, that it, there would almost be a few more moments like that. I yeah. The reason they stand out is because there's not a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. So uh, let's move on to writing. So this covers everything from the script to the characters, structure, story. What what did you think? Well, I I feel it's very good. It's not. It's certainly not something which is a traditional three act structure. Mm. The whole yeah. thing is episodic. Yeah. So it's like it doesn't feel. But that's not incorrect either. It's just it's yeah. just like a choice, and there is an element to it where it's a bit like. This happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. Yeah. It doesn't feel like, and to the point where when the ending comes, it's like, and that's the ending. It yeah, doesn't yeah, feel yeah. like anything's leading anywhere or going anywhere. No. But so are, you know, so are lots of films. Weirdly, it's not like that at all. But when I think of someone who makes films like that, I think of Fellini, and you go, I wonder if that's more of an Italian thing, where a lot yeah. of the films that you watch would be, they're just episodic. They're, you've got these yeah. characters, and you get a little bit of a little almost mini episode with those yeah. characters. Yeah. And then there's a then it's the next day, or it's two weeks later, and you get another little mini episode with these characters. And it yeah. feels like that. Like this. I mean, there is definitely a through line of you know it does. You can go from A to B to C to D, and there's, yeah. there's something about it, but it doesn't feel like there's a. It feels like if you were one of those people who really examine screenplays to mm. be yeah. sort of super you would hate it except it, it doesn't doesn't have to be like that yeah yeah it doesn't follow the usual expectations yeah i think i think i can't remember if it's on the commentary or another interview i read but they said that it does feel like it follows the panels of a comic book that it goes from one sort of section yeah. to another to another yeah it was also based on a, um, a novel or a story or... Yeah, I was trying to figure out, because what I think it is, I think it's the writer of the comics, and I think he might be doing, is trying to do a novel based on the characters he created, yeah. but not saying it's those characters, okay. if you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's almost like someone trying to get away with... I think the comics are probably owned by Benelli, who are like an Italian publisher, right. and I think the writer's trying to do a novel that's basically like, it's a Dylan Dog book. Mm. Unofficially, <laughs> yeah, yeah, unofficially, yeah, yeah, but it is, yeah. You know, you know, and it's sort of a bit like Scott Pilgrim with um, mm. Edgar Wright's kind of style of sort of flicking backwards and forwards between different characters coming in and out, and it being very sort of cartoonish. And I think a lot of the ways I don't know how they're how they're published in Italy, but I could imagine them serialized, perhaps mm. in a magazine with lots of different other strips and things. So you'd only get like, you know, you might get five pages, and then you it's continued yeah. next week or whatever. And if it's like that, you can sort of see it in that way that it would be episodic. If it, yeah. if indeed that's how they're published, I'm not sure, but yeah, that would make sense. You don't because you don't really get much backstory to anything that's going on. There's no explanation for the for the zombies no. why they come no. back to life after seven days and no. what you know how it started, how it finishes. 
they also don't seem that concerned. So I'm guessing it's been going on for a while. Yeah, I like all that. I really like that there's, it's like an open secret. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I really like that idea that he's, he's saying, well, this is ridiculous now. Yeah. Like it's all, <laughs> all, all of the dead essentially come back to life within seven days. And so it's his job to make sure that the dead that come back to life are, are made dead again. And that's, yeah. that's his job and Nagi's job. And when he starts going to the police and the authorities, they kind of all know it's true and it's a little bit hushed up and it's this sort of, it's just yeah. a quirk and they kind of they half acknowledge it that they all know that yes. that, is, that does happen yeah um but it's almost just his job quite refreshing for uh mm. for a zombie film to not really be well yeah. it's not just a zombie film but for that storyline to not really be that um yeah. you know focused on it's more more really about um francesco's you know journey through life and death and Yes, yeah. it's, it's you know becomes quite philosophical, and there's that monologue yeah. at the end where it's all he's reached the end of the line essentially, and he just he wants to escape his life, and then he ends up going back to um back to everything, or does he go back to it? You know, I think, and it feels like the I think there's a lot more I didn't get from first viewing, but I think there's probably a lot more even thinking back on it that you can go, oh, that's obviously like a metaphor for this, and that's yeah. obviously represents this and that. Yeah. I didn't get on first viewing, but even thinking back on it, you think, oh, I think that's quite a nice idea. Mm. And also it's his job to, you've got this thing of like returning zombies, things going back from the dead. And you've got these women who are different women, but seem to just keep reappearing. Yeah. yeah, reappearing. yeah sort of Haunting him. Yeah. And although it's not really made explicit in the film, and maybe this is perhaps too, putting too much of a 21st century look at it, but it does, it does suggest a man who has, very strange and weird attitude to women. And, yeah. and there's all this stuff about him being impotent, which isn't true, but he seems to react as if it is true. Yeah, so it's almost like a per- personality trait. Yeah. That, and yeah, the women seem to be interested by that. And, you know, one of them actually yeah. encourages that as a, yeah. <laughs> so it does feel like there's something that there's a, there's another, it felt if you really wanted to, to write an essay on it, you could. Yeah, and there's a lot. There's a lot in that that someone who is, and is, and even there's the bit like the bit with we were talking earlier about when he gets uh or when he he goes to have his penis removed. The doctors even suggest that this is that this isn't something that's going to be permanent. Although yeah. he leaves assuming it's permanent. Yeah. And the yeah, next yeah. bit is sort of this idea that I can't believe it now. Now I can't even have sex. <laughs> Except yeah. it's not suggest. So it does suggest that there's something. Again, I might be reading too much into this, mm. but it does suggest that there is something psychological about the his sort of impotency and yeah. how much it is real and isn't. Yeah, and yeah. Maybe yeah. this, maybe he kind of is as well. And, and again, you know, it's that sort of the, the, it's that thing people often say, don't they, about like that impotency manifesting itself in someone who shoots people and sticks things into people mm. and yeah. um, suppressing things. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, also he's not. Like in the sex scenes, he's never really that bothered about the fact that he's having sex with beautiful women. Like he seems no. quite, apart from after he takes the drugs, they're all very that that couple are very sweaty and you know they look. Uh, she says all the drugs are clearly working and all that sort of thing. But earlier on, he just sort of takes it as like, oh, it's another thing that's happening in yeah. my day. <laughs> he like he's he's very uh, attracted to the women, but he also seems like it's kind of part part and parcel of his you know his yeah, life yeah. his lifestyle. Yeah, I thought his character was, you know, really well written, really 
well-rounded and you know mm-hmm. has some really good lines and almost like a kind of film noir character with the voiceover and the you know i really liked that so like i was saying about the police chief i think it's not the gags are quite well dissembled amongst the rest of the cast mm. it's not like it's not just him no a lot no of the, the yeah. other the, a lot of the people who in quite small parts have quite are nice little characters even if they're small they're kind of yeah. nice little or even even uh nagi uh, only having um sounds that he can make like i think yeah that's quite funny in like certain moments yeah. where some say some someone will say something really serious and then he'll just go yeah <laughs> or just make some noise by the end there is you know there there is a thing that happens at the end between them mm, yeah that i don't know if i want to spoil but but it feels like this means something yeah, i couldn't yeah, tell yeah. you exactly what that yeah, means. yeah yeah but there's some sort of reversal or that you're meant to. What do you, What do you mean by that? What's yeah, the significance yeah, yeah. of that? Yeah. Or again, is it a joke? Mm. Is it like it? Does it matter? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, there's good comedy lines. There's good drama. There's some unexpected plot points. It's surreal. It's um, an interesting structure, and I think it's. It feels like it doesn't outstay its welcome. It's an hour and forty-five minutes or thereabouts. I think any longer would you know would be too long. But I think it's just just about the right. Perfect amount of time, I think. Yeah, I gave it four out of five. How about you? Same. I do the same. Exactly yeah. the same, I think. Yes, it was a good, good film. <laughs> <laughs> so let's briefly talk about the special effects, which isn't a huge category in this film, but let's talk about it nonetheless. I said the prosthetics generally were pretty good. Mm-hmm. The makeup, you know, the gore makeup and the stuff, uh, the head decapitations were generally good when you couldn't see the, the joins. A couple of dodgy... Um, Dummies. I thought the bus crash was very well done. I thought the death puppet was really good, actually. Yeah, that was good. That felt like quite a big, grand, yeah. epic scene. And the idea stuff it sort of around. assembles itself. And yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. I liked all that. That's very good. I mean, it's loosely a special effect, I suppose. But the, yeah, all of that, all of the stuff in it was good. Less so the um, fireballs on strings. And also, those weren't... Were they explained why the fireball things were flying around? No. He says they like to watch them having sex because <laughs> says well, yeah. who who doesn't like to watch people having sex? I assume they're like sort of like souls of dead people flying around or something, but I didn't entirely get what that was. I think that's it. I think there's lots of moments in it that you go, I don't really know why that's happening, <laughs> yeah. but your brain can make a leap and go, yeah, maybe this, yeah, it's and probably, it's perfectly probably dead fine. people in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think apart from, and I think the ones that I, I already mentioned already, there's odd. There's odd bits where the special effects are probably there's. It might even be like an editing thing where you probably just see it for a second too long yeah, to fully. Yeah. So, so it sort of takes you out of it a bit. Where you yeah. go, I mean, that's just a dummy's head or whatever. But the bus crash was perfectly done, I think, edited because mm. you just you see it for like a split second where it bursts and then cuts to the horse. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that stuff's such a balancing act to to get it and to cut at just the right moment. That's yeah. That you don't, your brain doesn't quite register what you're seeing or whatever, and and there's perhaps a couple of moments where it falls short. Yeah, but no more than I would expect to see, and probably far fewer than I usually see mm. in a film like this. Yeah, for this for this kind of film, there's a lot less seams that can be spotted, and a lot. Yeah, you're not laughing at the um, ineptness of the effects, and it it really works. And I think like you know more and more, it's it's nicer to see physical effects mm. it's nice to see them and done well and yeah like it's good it all looks good and yeah i was happy with it i think yeah i said three out of five because i thought decent but not that much of it but overall 
pretty good. I think I'm similar. I think I'm similar. Yeah, three. So let's give our overall rating for the film. Uh, firstly, what was your initial expectation? Did it live up to that expectation? And then what would you give it out of five? I'd heard it was good. Mm. I think in the intervening, the idea that I hadn't really pursued, uh, there was a time I was actually very interested in seeing it. And the fact I hadn't pursued it sooner makes me think I decided it wasn't as good as I thought it would be. Okay. So yeah. I think by the time I came to watch it, I was, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's totally fine. Yeah. And maybe it's a bit, it's probably a bit cheesy and it might be a bit, you know, I, I was I was expecting quite a sort of a perfectly watchable film that I would have lots of problems with and I could pull apart yeah. very easily if I wanted to. Yeah. And it was much, much better than I was expecting. Mm. Yeah, I was. I think it's really good. Yeah, and and even the oddness and the bits that, like you're saying with the writing, that you could say, I'm not sure that makes total sense. Mm. I think it's makes it better that it's not like it's not obvious. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting and it's it has things where not everything is explained. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like it's a mistake. It feels mm. like it's it's you can interpret it in any way it's a, it's a much better film it's a it's a, a higher quality film than yeah than i think even it thinks it is <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's one of, it's one of those films that's aged apart from the a couple of dubious bits like it's aged well and everything is enjoyable to watch and you're not yeah. watching this as some weird film from film from the 90s it's uh it's just a fun film that most people could watch and enjoy i think yeah yeah and i think it's unless you're very close-minded i think you you would really like it. Mm. I think it's, and that's the only thing you'd say. It's, it's, it's some of it's a bit odd, and you don't necessarily get the answers to everything. But it's, you know, it feels like it's a, it's a good movie masquerading as like a, yeah, quite a, a schlocky movie, which it also is. <laughs> it's both those things. So, what would your rating out of five be? I think a four, like a really solid four. Yeah, I agree. I went four as well. Yeah, it's it's one that I'll definitely come back to and that I would want to show people and you know, if you just want a it's easy to watch, I would say. It's not as trashy as expected and it's not as ropey as expected. It's um it's fun, it's funny, it's got everything you would want from this type of film, I think, and they yeah. it's it's done with a lot of love. They clearly you know, they put their own money in, they clearly yeah. wanted to make this kind of film and I think it's uh it succeeds. It was um yeah, it's really good fun. I am going to counteract our glowing thoughts about the film by reading a few of the one-star reviews on Amazon, just so we can have a balanced view of, you know, people that thought it was not so good. One star. Watching a man have sex with a girl who dies during the act and then continues is not good or cool. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, there's a context, surely. I mean, in general, I'd agree. <laughs> Did not see that it had a lot of porn scenes in it. If I had known, I would not have bought it. Watching a man have sex with a girl who dies and then continues is not good or cool. My husband and I could not finish watching it. <laughs> Extremely disappointing. All of these positive reviews calling this the greatest movie of all time are way off base. What makes this movie so great? There are tons of Italian horror uh, zombie movies out there and a good 95% of them are better than this drivel. After reading all the reviews calling this a classic, I went in expecting something of an Evil Dead or Dead Alive type of film, which are filled with gore and have some nice comedic bits. Cemetery Man is simply boring. That's right. Boring. Slow-paced, dim-witted and downright junk. Exclamation mark. That's odd. I would have thought if you went in wanting Evil Dead or something, you would get 
a bit of a kick out of that. Yeah. Also, I don't know if anyone, I don't know who's told him it's the best film ever made. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if they had, I wouldn't have believed them. No, it's a good, it's a good <laughs> film. Did you have a, a favourite scene? Two stuck in my head. One is the very first scene, I think, where it just sort of sets up the thing where the zombie comes in, yeah, picks up a gun, shoots it, and it's the most casual thing in the world. Yeah. And and compounded, there's a scene about halfway through where you get a, a sort of another version of that where you, you it cuts to the outside of the building and you just see oh, yeah, loads yeah. and loads of zombies approaching the house and you just see Rupert Everett from a little... Screen within a screen, yeah. his little open window where he's one by one shooting a zombie who's like yeah, yeah, one yeah. by one yeah. just dispatching all these zombies. <laughs> and for and some... I thought that was a really lovely shot as well, just a really nice. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but like some weird version of Pump Up the Jam was playing in the background <laughs> during that. Um, during that, <laughs> like, it's like the the rhythm or the the melody of Pump Up the Jam with some slightly <laughs> different um, uh, lyrics, and I was like, ah. Huh. Okay, that's interesting. But yeah, no, that I yeah, that was a good scene. I uh, I I loved the hospital scenes, both the 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 weird penis operation scene and the just the nuns and the nurses coming in and him just callously um, shooting them. And that almost that feels like it's like an American psycho moment where it's like that feels like it could be in his head, and he's yeah, just yeah. and he's just you know gone mad. And also, and... it's the bit where the the police chief refuses to believe he's responsible for it even though he's kind of confessing and it's yeah. like, you won't believe what's happened. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I did it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very American psycho, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it's, it's like, is uh, that ha- I hadn't put those two things together, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that those, and just, just the overall cinematography I thought was really, you know, all of the scenes were really well constructed. Oh, so yeah, and... It's a very, and it's a very pretty looking film. Mm. Looks, looks great. Yeah. And like, the, like there's lots of the, the composition of it. It's all really, it, it feels like I'd say, I'd seen this um, another film uh, by uh, Michele Suavi. <laughs> Suavi. 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 Yes. Um, and I wasn't impressed by that at all. Okay. And this is this I thought was great. I just think, and it's so sort of stylish. And mm. had I seen this first, I'd probably have spent too much money and bought a bunch of. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this was this was great. How about uh, favorite character or characters? Oh, it does have to be uh, Francesco, I think. Yeah. He's still like... I, I, I thought Rupert Everett playing him was so super cool. I really... <laughs> I thought he was great. I, yeah. Thought, yeah. I think he's yeah. terrific in it. Yeah. Yeah, I said Francesco and uh, Zombie Scouts. I enjoyed them. Although one thing that really creeped me out um, was the way that their teeth gnashed together. The sound... The overly loud sound of their teeth uh, chattering as zombies. Not a fan. Not a fan of that. Cool. Well, now we come to the serious part of the podcast. It's time for the quiz. Would you like to ask your questions first or would you like to answer first? Could I ask them first? You may. Yes. Okay. So number one, what make of car does Francesco drive? Ooh, I'm trying to think what scenes there are where he's driving a car. Is it like a... It's weird. It's, it actually, I saw it and it, it appears, I thought I'll do that as one of my questions. Yeah. I thought this question might be too easy because they keep, they keep referring to this car. Oh, okay. Hmm. I want to say like an Aston Martin or something. No, he, he, he drives a white VW Beetle. Oh, see, you know, nice you easy it's one. Interesting. Didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Uh, the next one. What food is Nagi regularly seen eating? Spaghetti. Spaghetti. Yes. With yeah, with banana at one point, which is and like <laughs> hunks of bread or something. Yeah. Okay, well that's good. I, I pay attention to food and not cars. That's yeah, that makes sense. What is the name that Francesco gives to the zombies? Returners. Yeah. What is the name of the Italian town in the film? Oh, I briefly thought of that and I was like, nah, he won't he won't say that. <laughs> that, won't, <laughs> that won't come up. Um it's like oh god, it begins with B. It's like Bel uh Belovia. It's called Bufalora. Oh. So close. And finally, what does Francesco say his mother's name is? Oh, um Delamore. Yeah. Yay, three out of five. Average, average. I don't think I, I'd be surprised if I get three. <laughs> we'll see. Well we didn't have I any think... we didn't have any of the same questions, so that's that's always good. Okay. So okay, three to beats. Question one. Francesco says he would like to change his name. What alternative name does he say would be nice? Oh, I don't even remember. Um could it be a joke like it's like Dylan or something <laughs> like that today? <laughs> it is not. No. Is that, ah. is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Okay. I don't remember this thing. It's Andre. Andre uh, Delamorte. Yeah, he says his name is silly and uh, Andre might be nice. Okay, question two. What is the name of the office clerk who Francesco collects his money from? Oh, is he called Franco? He is called Franco. Yes. yes. <laughs> nice. Because I thought it was odd that there was, you've got a Franco and a Francesco. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, question three. Francesco said he hasn't read more than two books in his life. One he never finished. What was the other book? Um, gosh, what would it be? I sort of vaguely remember this as well. It does ring a bell. I don't know, the Bible. Close is the phone book. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> I thought that's, it's such a throwaway line, but uh, I thought. Uh, ah, but there's that, that there's funny. those scenes though, isn't it, where he's he um, crosses out names of people as they're dying. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. His favourite, which is a good joke. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> but he's constantly updating the phone book. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to get these next two questions right to tie. Oh come on. Okay. Question four. What medical complaint is Francesco rumoured to suffer from? Impotence. Correct. Yes. Yes. It could go either way. Question five. What is thrown out of the car window at the end of the film? Um, well, it is, it is the kind of the final scene as as they're, they're driving to the final destination. Something is thrown out of the window. Is it his gun? It's not... Oh. I'm sorry to say, it's uh, it's the key. The key are you sorry to, to say, or are you delighted? <laughs> I'm delighted. <laughs> delighted. Victory has... Cla- I've claimed victory once more. Um, it's been it's been about 50-50 with winning these quizzes or not, so okay. gradually clawing my way up. Do you have any uh, any recommendations for other films that people might like to check out if uh, if they liked this film? Well, yeah, again, things like Evil Dead would be the things that kind of jump to mind. Yeah. And... I know there is another, there is a Dylan Dog movie that I've not seen that came out a couple of years ago. I don't know. Oh, like, okay. Which I think it's with um, Brandon Ruth. Oh, okay. Was Superman. Oh, right. I know he did like, so that was like an official adaptation, but I've not seen it. Okay. But I kind of recommend those movies. The, the comics are a bit more, they're less poetic in a way. And the, the things that they remind you of, the, the comics are most like something like 
another comic of would be something like Hellboy. They're much more, oh, he's okay. investigating more yeah. sort of paranormal stuff. So it's much more in that vein. Mm. So I guess the sort of Hellboy movies would probably be some sort of similar things to the comics. But mm. again, this film is something else. It's a yeah, bit more, yeah, yeah. It's like... It, it, it's, Undefinable. Yeah. And where can people find out about about you, about your stuff, any projects or where you'll be updating your things? I would say if you enjoy this podcast, you'll probably enjoy the radio show that me and Nick Helm do, which is on Fubar Radio, but also comes out as a podcast. I think usually every Monday. And usually, even though it's not necessarily about films, all we really do is talk about films. <laughs> nice. But we've seen that week. And I think if you enjoy this, You'll get a kick out of that. And you can follow me. I am at Nat Metcalf on Twitter. Uh, and if I'm doing anything interesting, I'll tell you on there. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, for picking this brilliant film. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Me too. Thanks for coming on and talking about it. Thanks for having me. I'll speak to you soon. Take care, man. Cheers. Bye. Okay, and that was episode 10 of the Big Fat Cult Movie Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much for tuning in. If this was your first time listening to the show, then please do subscribe and check out the other episodes so far. And if you're a regular listener, thank you very much for coming back and supporting the show. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to check out the Big Fat Cult store on eBay and Amazon. There are links in the description below. Or if you have time to leave us a nice five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts, that would be fantastic. As always, do let me know your thoughts on the film or the episode on Twitter at BigFatCult, and you can also tweet me at Chris underscore Mayo. And if you have any suggestions for future films or guests, then I would love to hear them. Do send them my way. But for now, that is all from me. So thank you very much for listening to another episode of the Big Fat Cult Movie Podcast. I've been Chris Mayo. Keep watching weird and wonderful films, and I will see you in the next episode very soon. Thank you very much. Goodbye.